Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Listen to what Corey Tenboom has to say about worry. Corey Tenboom says worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow, it empties today of its strength. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Be Still With Your Soul. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi, everyone. I would like to start with a call that came in from Los Angeles. Hey, I'm calling from Los Angeles. Could you talk more about the Pharisee who was in the worship of God that uh, Jesus spoke about and the publican who really did have a humble heart. And can you explain the difference between those two people and whether we can overcome evil with goodness? Okay, thank you. You have a great day. My name is Winston, and I'm in L.A. Great call, Winston. Winston had a lot to say. I had to edit some of it out because we don't have a lot of airtime. But I kept pertinent parts so I can answer his questions as best I can. I'm going to do the best I can. And I want to start by talking about stress and how, for most people, their thoughts are stressing them to death. Their problem is between their own two ears. And I want to talk about how to overcome that kind of stress. And I think it'll become clear as I proceed where I'm coming from. I would like people to be able to stand back from those thoughts instead of always escaping into the thoughts. That's been your habit your whole life, if you're like the average person, is escaping into thought. But eventually you find out that those thoughts are not your comforter, they're your betrayer, and they rule you. You must regain sovereignty over your mind so you can have perspective, so you can have discernment, so you can observe people calmly and see the meaning of the situation and respond with wisdom and understanding. When you were a little kid, is that what you needed from your parents? You needed understanding. But a lot of times they didn't have understanding. Why didn't they have understanding? Because they were lost in their worries and all their plans and all the things that were on their mind. Got it? All right. So I want to talk about how to gain mental distance. And it ties in perfectly with the publican and the Pharisee. All right. The caller asked for me to talk about Christ's parable about the Pharisee and the publican, and what was the difference between them? The Pharisee and the publican. The publican is a tax collector, so the Pharisee and the tax collector. And the Pharisee stood up at the front of the synagogue in front of all the other people and said, I'm so thankful that I'm not a sinner like some of these others. And the tax collector stood at the back with his head bowed and said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Christ said that the tax collector would be justified before God because 
He who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. So now let's tie together the idea of the Pharisee and thoughts. Since the Pharisee is a big ego whose self-worth is based upon what he thinks he is, he thinks he's great even though he really isn't. Therefore, all the things that he's accumulated, his knowledge, his wealth, his status, everything, he's very sensitive to anything that threatens that. Well, so that makes him doubly sensitive. First of all, he's very sensitive to negative thoughts because those thoughts were always assailing him and chipping away at the foundation of his shaky pride. Secondly, he's resistant to truth because truth would expose him for what he is, and it would also humiliate his pride. And so, therefore, he's separated from the light of truth because of his pride. He immerses himself in thoughts which he struggles with and which he tries to defeat negative thoughts. And so he's down there struggling in the negative thoughts, separated from the very thing that could save him, God's light of truth. So now do you see how any kind of pride makes you very vulnerable, especially to negative thoughts? So you got to let go of your pride. And I said, how do you do that? Let go of resentment, let go of judgment. And then the second thing you have to learn how to do is not be immersed in thoughts. Not fall into the thought stream and go floating away with it. Stand back and watch it. Be the observer of thought. Stand back in God's light and let the light deal with those negative thoughts. See, if you watch the thought, now you're the observer of the thought. For example, take the thought of a pink elephant. If you gaze at the idea of a pink elephant, it dissolves away. The light dissolves phantoms. The light dissolves illusions, and the light clears it all out. And so all you need to do is understand that your role in life is to be an observer. Let God's light do the work of dealing with things of darkness that assail you through your thoughts. So your job is to see to it that you don't get lost in thought. Pull back and don't get lost in emotion either. Calm down, stay out of thoughts, and observe with a little bit of mental detachment to those negative thoughts. Observe them and they will dissolve away or flee away. Do you have a question for Roland? If so, call the listener call-in line at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. Leave your name, the city you're calling from, and your message, and Roland may answer your question on the air. Or email your question at roland at sheddingshackles.com. That's Roland at SheddingShackles.com. So the Pharisee is basically just a big ego. But you don't want to be that way. So how do you not be that way? Well, you got to start giving some things up. Christ said, he who loses his life for my sake will gain it. 
So you have to start giving some things up. So what do you have to give up? Well, number one, you got to give up resentment. You got to give up grudges. You got to give up judgment. You have to start giving up resentment. And you have to start giving up grudges. I want you to see that for most people, their problem is between their own two ears. I remember when I was a kid, my mom was always upset about something. She was always unhappy. That's it. She was unhappy. And one time, my sister said to her, she said, Mom, why can't you just be happy? And it was at a time when things weren't so bad. Her health was okay. They had plenty of money. Things were okay. But she was still unhappy. And then I remember one time my sister said to me, she said, you know something? I don't think mom's ever going to be happy. Something between her two ears was bringing her down. So now do you get it? All right. Now I want you to hear, in light of what I just said, I want to read you something that Christ said. I'm going to emphasize a certain word so that you will hear it. You may have not noticed it before. The Sermon on the Mount, he's talking about worries. And listen to what he says. Therefore I say to you, take no thought about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Who among you, by taking thought, can add a cubit to his stature? Why take thought about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. And then he goes on. You've all heard this many times before. But here we go again. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be given to you. Therefore, take no thought about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take thought about the things of itself. Sufficient to the day is the trouble thereof. So what does take no thought mean? It means don't wallow in thought. Don't immerse yourself in thought and go floating away. It's like the difference between sitting on the bank of a river and watching the river flow by and jumping into the water and floating away down toward the rapids. Take a mental step back. It's not a question of stopping thought or repressing thought or blanking thought. Let the thoughts come. See what's there, but don't go drifting away with it. Observe them. You're the observer. You're not the thought. When you separate from the thought and observe it, you have perspective. Now you have both intellect and understanding. The other mistake we make is we try struggling with the thought. But don't you see that's also jumping into the thought in order to struggle with it? Stand back. Observe the thought. Let God's light deal with it. Let the light shine upon it and expose it for what it is. Some thoughts are good, but most of the thoughts especially the ones that torment us or cause us to drift away on a dream boat 
How is temptation? So watch them. Let them pass. See what's there, but don't go drifting away with it. Take a mental step back and just watch those thoughts. Don't delve into them. Don't fall into them. Don't immerse yourself in them. See, it's like, let's say that there was a table with all kinds of candy on it and chocolates, and there it was, and you saw them, and you could smell them, and you could see them. Well, you can take note of them and say, well, those are nice, and they smell good, and they look good, but no thank you. See, you don't have to indulge them. You could have one, but you don't have to indulge them. You see what I mean? It's the same with those thoughts. So, what have you done in the past? You've struggled with the thoughts. You've struggled with them, and you've actually given them power by your struggle with them. You've tried to repress them. You've tried to suppress them. You tried to brush them under the carpet. It didn't work. And when you are lost and immersed in thought, when you're down there immersed in thought, you're separated from a light of truth. And when you're separated from the light of truth, you're separated from the very thing that could save you, the very thing that can shine upon those thoughts and show them for what they are, the very thing that can bind those thoughts, that can dissolve those thoughts. So you got to get out of your thinking. You got to let go of you got to let go of the things that sustain your pride, which I said are resentment and judgment. And now you see it's also immersing yourself in thought. So you have to find out how to get out of thought, stand back and observe thought instead of being immersed in it. My listeners in Albany, New York, and upstate New York, and in Vermont are getting the 15-minute version of this program to hear the second half of the program, the full 30-minute program, just go to SheddingShackles.com. As we're near the end of our time together, I invite you to visit the many resources available at our website, SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. You can listen to past programs, read more about Roland's meditation, or watch Roland's video lectures. Listen in again next week, same time, same station. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. So I want you to see that those thoughts are not your friend. Now, you thought they were because they comforted you. See, when somebody didn't respect you, then those thoughts came to the aid of your ego, didn't they? They came to the aid of your ego, and the thoughts came, why, who does she think she is? You know, those kind of thoughts, they're always cleverly cruel and vicious, and very clever. Where do those thoughts come from? Well, in the past, you indulged them because they catered to your pride, your wounded pride, 
your angry pride. They made you feel like a king or a judge. You could lord it over other people and feel be worshipped by those thoughts. Or those thoughts came to help you be a judge where you could condemn other people. But now you have to see that, first of all, that's not a very nice thing to do, to be lording it over other people in your mind secretly or judging them secretly. It's not very nice. How do you like it when people judge you? You don't like it. So those thoughts are not your friend. And they prove that they're not your friend because they always end up betraying you. See, it's the betrayer. It's the belier who is behind those thoughts. He always will betray you. So yeah, those thoughts cater to your ego. They tell you what you want to hear. But then later they torment you. They tell you that you're no good. They tell you that God hates you, that it's too late. They tell you that nobody cares. Blah, 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 blah. See? So here's the secret. Don't indulge them. Don't struggle with them on the one hand. Don't give in to them on the other hand. Just learn to watch them. Here's the example. I didn't think of this, but I use it because it's just so good. You're in a room, and over at the other end of the room is a television set blaring away. And it's one of those old movies that they used to play overnight. You know, at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. or 3 a.m., one of those old B-movies. And there it is. It's just blaring away. And you stare at it, and it, it means nothing. It goes in one ear and out the other. You don't even know what they're talking about. You have no interest in it. It's just noise. You have to learn to have the same distance to your thoughts, those negative thoughts, those thoughts that have temptation in them, that come to comfort you, to solace you, to worship you, to build you up or to tear you down. See? And it's the betrayer. Either way, it's the betrayer. Just watch. Just stand back, have mental distance. Don't pay them any mind. So now do you get it? Mental distance is what you need. You see, your soul is supposed to rule the mind and the body. But as it is now, you are dominated by thoughts that rule you and feelings that rule you. Your soul is not sovereign in your own mind and body. And the reason for that is a couple of reasons, one very spiritual and the other very practical. They go hand in hand. Basically, when you were a little child, people upset you. People hurt you. They were cruel to you. They teased you. They made you angry. They made you upset. They frightened you. And before long, you became very emotional. And then it was through those emotions that the outside poured in. You became very reactive, very reactive to things on the outside. And they got inside. And once they got inside, they tormented you from within. So now you have to learn how to calm down. Now you can because you're older now. You're not a little child anymore. You must learn to be a bit calmer so that the outside doesn't always keep getting inside and the outside doesn't keep recalling all those moments in the past where you see now you're like a conditioned, you're conditioned to get upset. 
And upset is not only the feeling of emotion, but also your body. You get tummy aches, headaches, tension, nervousness, all kinds of physical issues connected with your emotional upset. So that's one thing. So what you do now is to try to get rid of the, of the thoughts that are bothering you. You try to do something else, or you eat something, or you take a pill, or you drink alcohol, or you smoke marijuana, or you pick up the phone and you order something on Amazon. You find something else to distract you, but then the negativity comes back. Now, why does the negativity keep coming back? There's two reasons. The first reason is because basically the ego, the pride, who has built a life on wanting to play God, see, is in conflict with the real God. When you judge other people and resent them, and you're impatient, and you want people to admire you, you're playing God, and so you're, you're going to come in conflict with the real God and with reality. So it's negative. And no matter how, how you lie to yourself and tell yourself everything is great, see, until you come with, a, with humility before your Creator and plead for another chance, then uh, it's got to be negative, see? So, but then there's another reason, and that is because the one who is, see, those thoughts, those thoughts are really not your own. The one who, who is in charge of them comes from a dark place. It's the belier. And so you have to see that. Now, good, it says in the Bible, Paul tells us, what does he say? He said, overcome evil with good. And Christ said, resent not evil. Paul said, overcome evil with good. So, when you stand back, see, the proper abode for the soul is in God's light. That's right. There is a spiritual light, and that is good for the soul, just as sunlight is good for the plant. The spiritual light from your Creator is good for you. The soul was meant to live in God's light, not to live down, immersed in the miasma of thoughts and emotions and feelings and memories and all that stuff. Thinking has its proper role, but not where it controls you. See, you are supposed to be the master of thought, not vice versa. And the way to master it is just to watch it. See that it's most of those thoughts are naughty and foolish and silly, and who knows where they come from, so ignore them. When I'm getting ready to make one of my programs, thoughts are always coming about this thing I should say and that thing I should say. I just let them pass. Then I turn the microphone on, and then I say spontaneously what comes to me. And it's much better, because who knows where those thoughts had come from before. See? All right. So, but if you live in, so, oh, I wanted to finish what I was going to say. When you're living in God's light, when you're walking in God's light, then light shines upon darkness, and light overcomes darkness. It doesn't matter what kind of darkness you have. You could have a room that's pitch black. I always give the example of our downstairs half bath. There's no window in it. It's just a little half bath for guests to wash up before dinner, for example. You close the door and it's pitch black. Well, if you go into that little half bath 
and you have a nice flashlight and turn it on. And instantly the room is flooded with light and everything is illuminated. See? Light overcomes darkness. So if you are walking in God's light, it shines upon the things of darkness and exposes them and they don't like to be exposed. And not only that, but you see them in God's light for what they are. And you don't pay them any mind anymore. You just watch them, then they go away. When they realize they don't have any power over you, they can't bear the light, they go away. So, what about me? What's my background? It's very simple. Some 35 years ago, I really began to see, because God turned up the light so I could see, I began to see just how harmful resentment is and why you have to let it go. And I began to let go of resentments. And then the next thing I saw is that most people are lost in their thoughts. They're lost in their thinking. They don't have perspective. And they're burdened and troubled and stressed by those thoughts. And I saw that if you could get out of your thoughts, stand back from them and watch them and have that perspective, then they wouldn't have to burden you anymore. It's one thing to have a thought. It's another thing to be subject to the thought. But if you watch the thought, now you're the observer of the thought. You're no longer subject to it. It's that simple. And then I went on the radio and I started to talk about this. And it's helpful to people to hear these things talked about. It helps them because when you are lost in your thoughts, it's just negative, negative, negative down there. And you try to give yourself positive thinking and you try to substitute the negative thoughts with positive ones and so on and so forth. The answer is to come up out of thought. And then you can see things in God's light. You know, it's like being, if you're submerged under the water, but when you come up to the surface of the water and you break through the surface of the water and you look up and there's the blue sky and the puffy clouds and the birds flying overhead and it's beautiful. And suddenly... Life is not negative anymore, and suddenly the future has hope, and it's a hope you don't have to give yourself. It's one you realize in God's light. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, I'll see you then. Bye-bye.
You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.